are live, everybody. But we're also on tape. We are deep down in the bowels of Lee's music. It's episode 65. Kamloops last week, Chris Folds, Greg the Engineer, Magic Mike, and Bill at the controls. 65. Um, yeah, 1965, Newport Festival, Folk Festival. Bob Dylan uh, comes out and they thought he was going to do an acoustic set. And he straps on a fender and he starts playing this electric set. And everyone started booing him. They couldn't believe that this bard of the sort of uh, folk scene mm -hmm. turned electric and everyone was mad. But then I say that because it's, it's, it's germane to, to Kamloops right now because on page A16 of today's paper, November 1st, the community, November 2nd, the community front, we have a story, a neat story by Sean Brady, a Dylan-related story. There's a local lawyer in town, a Crown prosecutor named uh, Anthony Veresi, and he just uh, updated and released... Uh, his book, Bob Dylan Albums, and he writes about Bob Dylan's albums, his writings, his acting from 62 to now, and it's a really, really, really good book. Lots of people seeing that story online, lots yeah. of hits for it. Yeah. Lots of people paying attention to this, too. Cherry yeah. Wolfpack women's soccer team is supposed to be all about the men this season. They're hosting nationals. They they've bow taken, They've taken early. the storyline. They take uh, center stage. They are going to the final four for the first time in program history. We have head coach Mark Pennington and Ainsley Grether back on the Howling Wolf right here in the hot seats. First up, though, we'll have Katie Newstater. She is the number one vote-getter counselor. That's right. She was the uh, she was the first her first foray into civic politics, and she topped the polls, which is unusual. And uh, and so she was one of eight elected. And uh, last night, November first, they had their inauguration. They're swearing in at True, and their first real meeting is on November fourteenth. And you've basically anointed her the next mayor of Kamloops. Uh, well, she, she she might be. I mean, uh, it wasn't me. It was Tina Lang first who who, who mentioned. But you it, on uh, the show we did though. Yeah. You said you think. Oh, I I I I'll bet that she'll be mayor within two terms. Mm -hmm. She has political pedigree. She's kind of got like a, a exuberant outlook, two optimistic vibes to her. So we'll see if she can keep those up for the next four years, especially in this uh, climate that we're in right now, politically. Lee's Music, you went on a road trip. Good morning, yeah, super cool road trip. We went up to Prince George and did the Leap Conference with Community Futures and uh, the star of the conference wasn't one of the speakers. It was in this old hotel. They decided to update all the toilets to bidets. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. wow. So you must have left that. I, I have uh, experienced a bidet now. and uh, it's. <laughs> you going to uh, get one in your house in Valley View? No, I don't think I'm going to go out and buy one. Uh, I'd get one if Give I us your review. My review is... Uh, it's damp. <laughs> it's a damp experience. Yeah, but it makes sense, though. The Europeans are so far ahead of us on that, if you think about it. It makes total sense to have a bidet and your regular toilet, plus your toilet paper. Yeah. Way cleaner afterwards. I wonder you if Gord sells them. I did confidence checks, and yeah, it, it, it works. It's you the know? Best. Confidence checks. Yeah, well, you, you know, you're check. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, hey, what about just having a shower? Just having a shower. Well, you after. could have a shower, but halfway through the day, if you're going to go do your that's business. But then there's, tough, there's feet yeah. issues in the shower. Feet issues. If you're talking about having a shower just after you go to the washroom, yeah, is that yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah. I mean, there's feet issues that what do you mean? arise if you're showering right after you go to the washroom. Number two. Yeah, that's well, what you're talking clean about. Up right? Before you jump in the shower. Well, what do you do with your feet when you go to the bathroom. <laughs> you no, know I'm saying if he's talking about just jumping in the shower after you go to the washroom, like that's a bit dangerous. No. What well, do you mean? It's not quite what I. What's no. dangerous? Clean up before you go into the shower. Okay. No, okay. what I'm saying is a, a bidet makes total sense because we're so we're, we're in the stone age of, uh, of bathroom hygiene in North America. Think about this. Yeah. You're out, right? And you're, you're, you get some dog duty on your, on your arm. Or, or you're you know, playing with your baby and you get some poo on your arm. 
Are you just going to grab a dry cloth and wipe it off? No, you're going to get a wet, you're going to get soap, you're going to do all this. Isopropanol, whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're not going to just take some dry toilet paper and wipe it off. But that's what we do in North. It's ridiculous. I want a bidet. This should be in the building code. There you go. Okay. I, I, they, I just touched it. I don't know what yeah. he's on about feet. Well, I thought he was talking about just doing the washroom and going right in the shower to, well, to, to, to spray off. Because then if you, the poo's oh, going down no, your leg, no, it's getting no, on your feet in no, the shower. No, you use the toilet. spell it out you, for you. No, you use the Charmaine first, and then you go to... Don't you ever go to the washroom and then take a shower? Well, okay, yeah, but I thought he's talking about for the purpose oh, specifically gonna skip, of gonna, cleaning. Just, okay, skip? go to the washroom. No, because he wants to save money on toilet paper. Yeah, Yeah, wow. Yeah, you went in a dark place there literally. I thought he had a fetish going on. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sure what that was. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, and the other problem is you get it all over your fur, right? You know, it's, well, that's right. Your well, your furry, furry costume. costume. Furry costume Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, well, I rocked that on Halloween. I was a GMA, genetically modified animal, and uh, the star of a show because the lawyers had a Halloween party at Hell Rogers Center. That was a lot of fun. Me the and Greg went to it. Halloween for you is just like another day of the week, though. Yeah. The way that you are with your costumes Costum- and absolutely. everything and your, your conventions. But we also did something together recently, didn't we, Mike? What did we do? Well, we went and explored uh, looking for wild pumpkins. Wild pumpkins. Wild pumpkins. As opposed to ones that are grown You know the ones that are grown that you get at the, uh, the, the grocery store and stuff? They're, they're, they're nice for jack-o'-lanterns and stuff like this, but wild pumpkins sometimes will give us that mm. extra edge when we're carving and having the pumpkin carving contest right. that we have. And we went out to Tronquille to do this, and Folds was lipping me off, and uh, I, just, I just slapped them. You know, I don't... You know, I don't encourage bullying, but I just slapped him. And his glasses went flying into the bush. And when you went into the bush, I mean, what did you find in the bush? I found an incredible array of fresh peppers. Fresh peppers. Mm-hmm. Fresh peppers. Uh, always with the peppers. Yeah, it's always a red pepper that you seem a red, to find It was, in was a red pepper there, and mm-hmm. it had a, had a receipt next to it. Someone had been out there trying to find the old corn maze, which is no longer there. And they dropped their bag from New Leaf, New Leaf Produce Market. Yep. Yeah, great. Like, who would do that? And they, and they were good peppers. Oh, very good peppers. And it was kind of scary to be at Tronquille during Halloween with all the mm-hmm. kind of tradition there. Mike, did you kind of get scared by anything out there? Yeah, you know, like the, the, the history of the place, the underground tunnels, all I could think about was uh, it would be a totally different place today if they had Sealy mattresses that were comfortable to sleep in. And that would really, when you have a good night's sleep, that's better than any kind of uh, Any type of counseling medicine. or any type of it, medical it, it, treatment. It would still be open today. It'd be open <laughs> still today. open today. Sealy's heal all. I yes, mean, that's right. I think what we're seeing here is... I think Sealy could have solved the social disorder on the streets if they just put Sealy's everywhere. That's right. I also noticed that uh, I was just feeling kind of drained after the whole trip. And we all went for a stop. And where do we normally go to get a little pick-me-up? Of course, ba 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 ba. We went to McDonald's. We went to McDonald's. We've talked about bidets off camera. You're talking about your time at Bonanza. Mm-hmm. Bonanza. You, you worked at Bonanza? Yeah, yeah. We, 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 uh, before the show started, we had to wipe this down. And um, we mentioned that uh, Mike used to drive his. Uh, Ride his bike 15 kilometers to go and get get a pop up. And as I, I worked there as my first job, as a second job, as a busboy. Mm. Are they the still around? Are they done? No, I think they're done. I think there's one. Yeah. I looked it up actually. There was one or two left in Nebraska or something. Mm. It was a mm. great place. Just going on a road trip. The salad. Another bar. road trip. I want to go to Lincoln. Well, Gord's Appliance and Mattress Center, they are still around. I don't think they sell bidets, but they do fix appliances and they sponsor our show. Okay. That was fun. <laughs> I, don't know, I guess I don't know. I had a bad picture. There. I never thought that you wouldn't wipe before you jump in the shower. You just I just thought it was just direct. Like, you, we were in line. I'm not going in your shower ever. <laughs>
Don't want the nine-hour cycle, please! Freaking $500 hydro bill piece of trash. I need to speak to Gord on the Niner! Hey, no, I'm actually Steve, the new owner. First things first, pal, you should probably update your sign. Number two, my dishwasher is mangled, tangled again, the nine-hour cycle, hydro bill through the roof. You guys don't fix appliances, I know that, so I need a new one. We actually do fix appliances, but if you want, I can try some new ones first and have a look. You got a price in mind? Money is not an obstacle for me. <laughs> Money's definitely an obstacle. He's the cheapest guy in Kamloops. Ain't that right, Darby? Well, this here is going to be your Cadillac model, top of the line. This is our middle-of-the-road dishwasher, just a great dishwasher at a great price. This is our budget-friendly model, still a great dishwasher, just at a bit of a lower price. Price doesn't work for me, but let's see if you can fix mine at home. Alrighty then. There you go. Seems to be good. How's the fridge working? The fridge is fine, Gord. It's Steve. Katie Newstater, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Big night for you last night. How did you celebrate? Thanks for having me. It was great. Celebrated by going up with the family first ahead of time. Before that was at the opening, the grand opening of Valley View Secondary School, which was really fantastic. So brought my kids who attend that school afterwards out for dinner. We had a great time. Where'd you go? We went to the swing in Earl's. Earl's. What did you Earl's, have? Where they gave me a complimentary glass of champagne. So oh, nice. Oh, Thanks, Earl's. There you go. Yeah. She's going to need it this term. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your words, not mine. <laughs> so you, you got in and you got in in style. With, with the most votes. What did that mean to you? I think it meant that Kamloops has said that this is the job they want me to do. And so that's very confidence-giving. It felt like a real commissioning into the role. Um, and a celebration of my team that worked really hard and rallied around me during this time, too. But if anything, it felt like um, a sign that this is definitely what I'm supposed to be doing. Folds kind of alluded to it jokingly there about the kind of climate uh, on council. Can can this council work together and this mayor to, to get things done? Yeah, I think that that's a theoretical climate in a lot of ways. Obviously, we have a couple concrete solutions of relationships that might be a little tricky. But if you were there last night or if you watched it, you saw the camaraderie that's already developed between this team. And we have a lot of common ground to start on. So I am extraordinarily hopeful. And I don't mean that euphemistically. I, I mean it in a, a very real way. I'm excited to see this group work together. I think there's been a lot of talk about how solid the council is and the great perspectives um, and different perspectives that exist there. So I'm, I'm nothing but excited. You do seem to be optimistic um, and encouraged and hopeful. Mm -hmm. Can you maintain that for, for the next four years? Well, I've maintained it for 40 years so far in the other work that I've done. So I, I think so. I mean, that's the job. It's going to be difficult. We are faced with extraordinary challenges right now. I don't think any of us are under any illusion that it's going to be a, a cakewalk over the next four years by any means. But, you know, when you take that oath and you promise to be collaborative, you promise to show respect, you promise to operate with an integrity, if we all adhere to that, as we should, that was a very serious moment for us, we should be okay for the next four years. I'm not sure that happened, though, right off the bat, though, you know, with, with Dale Bass and with, with Mr. Hammer Jackson. Well, I mean, we swore in, la we that, swore in last yeah, night, yes, so that, we start from today. Uh, does that, is that a concern for you, though, that, that, that relationship? If anything, I hope that it's a place where I can help, where I can support. I mean, and I saw even prior to day one, we went in for orientation, and I saw them shake hands and exchange words, and my hope is that that's where we continue from, and um, that we're all working from that common ground and common interest. Kamloops is the goal. 
Building Kamloops is the goal, and it is not our right to let personal relationships get in the way of that. Um, that's something that we choose to set aside, and if we can't do that, we shouldn't have run. So that's my personal policy, and I hope to be able to be a bridge in that space if needed. What's um, your, uh, your, your, your father, Kevin Kruger, was um, a longtime MLA for the BC Liberal Party, and um, what did you get? I mean, we've talked about this in stories before, but for the viewers, mm -hmm. politically wise, how did that help you with the, the, is the family political? Have you learned anything from, not just from your father, but from obviously his, his, his peers mm -hmm. or growing up in a political family? Is there any dynamic there that, that helps you? That's a good question. I mean, politics wasn't talked a lot around the dinner table. Uh, sometimes his work is what came up. Obviously, we're all observing it from mm -hmm. the front lines. So that's part of the experience. If anything, it taught me how important community building is to me. Mm -hmm. and. Politics do irritate me. I mean, we see examples every single day of politics getting in the way of people. And so uh, a lot of that was my, my experience as a witness, a frontline witness to those things, what I do want, what I don't want, how I think it should work, how I think it shouldn't work. And I struggle with party politics. That's something that I will always wrestle through. And um, why municipal politics really appealed to me. Operating from your own space of integrity, standing within the courage of your own conviction, nothing mandated to you about how you should vote or where you should stand. That was the reason why I chose to take a run at this seat and why I wanted to serve here, to stand as an individual and make those decisions on behalf of uh, my community. And what are some of your goals that you want to get done? I think I've talked a lot post-election in particular about strengthening the city of Kamloops from the inside. I think providing support there will be really important. So taking a look at maybe gaps that exist, how do we empower the city of Kamloops staff from the council level? What do we do to support them um, within those struggles as they exist to improve our city? And then those obvious ones that stood out on the campaign trail. So of course, community safety is at the forefront of everyone's minds. Um, and doing what we can within our purview. I know people love to say, you know, cast those lines aside and do whatever you have to. Don't worry about getting in your lane. But that is our job to do the job and not to cross over into provincial or federal jurisdiction. And things get really messy when you do. I think Ken Christian said that on his outgoing interview. He said, uh, you know, people talk about the sexy sort of uh, news of the day issues that come yeah. up, but the, the real important stuff is the boring stuff. Keeping the roads clear, yeah. keeping the sewers clear, making sure that people have services. It's boring but important, yep. right? Do you think, I know uh, the incoming mayor, or the now mayor, uh, Hamer Jackson, and I think there might have been a few candidates who had said that uh, called for a core review of staffing, mm -hmm. a, a deep review of how things are going, not to say that there are problems, but if there are problems to identify them. Is there any concern on your part with respect to how, um, how the staff is organized and whether or not there should be a review of, uh, of management and staff mm -hmm. in the city? I'd say first and foremost to your first point, I completely agree. The sign of a healthy government is that everything's boring, mm -hmm. that you do not hear from government. If we are hearing from government too much, it means that maybe the job needs to be done a little bit differently. So the goal is to get back to boring, where people only want to talk about potholes. So we'll know we've had some success <laughs> when that happens. Real. Um, and then as far as a core review, I mean, 
As an executive director of a not-for-profit, I welcomed reviews. 365 reviews are what you want. We should be holding all of these things when it's public service or not-for-profit with open hands and total transparency. So I think that there's um, a lot of benefit in providing review, how that's done, the structure of that, how that's done, the consultation, who you talk to and what you're evaluating is tremendously important. And I think that's something that we're going to have to really focus on throughout this term is not just what we do, but how we do it. How we do things matters. How we get to the end goal really matters. And I think that's everything from a review to addressing social issues or housing, any of these things. It's not just plowing through, it's doing it right. That's how we set up for success 20, 30, 40 years from now in Kamloops is by doing it right today. So you're, you're in the political spotlight now, and I looked at your Instagram, and I saw a post that was interesting to me. I guess somebody, some trolls came out and thought they were kind of exposing you for, <laughs> for saying that you're a woman of faith. But what, what happened there, and why did you feel it was important to um, post? Yeah, and to be clear, that was on my personal Instagram for sure. You're right. There is a, um, a political sphere that I operate in now, but that was on my personal yeah. post. So, yeah, definitely after our first debate, there were some trolls that come out of the woodwork, as they do. I have a personal policy about not engaging with trolls online, but that doesn't mean that you can't answer back for those things. So yeah, I'm proud of my faith. It's a space that I've always stood in. I'm certainly not ashamed of. And I do believe in the separation of church and state. When you're making political decisions, you're doing it on behalf of your community. You're doing your very best to remove all bias while bringing your whole self to the table. And my whole self includes my personal belief system. So I think that moment was just about saying, if this is supposed to be a gotcha, you better go find yeah. something else because this is not something that um, I, I will hide or something that I'm ashamed of. I'm tremendously proud of the community work that my faith group does. I attend a local church and they, we invest deeply in our community in funding organization that, organizations that matter in supporting vulnerable people. And um, I, I don't think there's any reason why I should have to hide that or why anyone should be able to use it as a weapon. No, does your faith still um, influence how you operate politically? Yeah, I think my faith holds me accountable, as it should. If you have a faith system that you can stand in your integrity within, it certainly guides me, um, I would say, within morals and mm. what that looks like. Um, and the example that we said and how seriously I take that. I mean, last night we were sworn in and I chose to hold my Bible while I did that. That's an option that you have in that space. And that's also a public declaration. I am accountable both to the people of this community and to the God that I follow. And, you know, that's something we should take extraordinarily seriously and I think is an asset. You used to be in the media. You, were, you worked at CFJC. I think you were host for Midday. And um, what else did you do in the media? Did you do any reporting or anything like that? Yeah, I was just a fill-in host on mm -hmm. Midday. But yep. that's part of the reason I fell in love with, com with um, community and mm -hmm. the work that we do, getting five guests really quickly yep. that are passionate about what they're doing. Um, I started there as a creative writer-producer, so I was in creative. And then started doing more on-air stuff. Um, and then I was a columnist as right. well. So I, I'm not a journalist. I wasn't a journalist. I'm a little bit too um, free-for-all for that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the ability to lay aside personal opinion would have always been challenging for me. But you deal, you've, you, you, you know how to deal with media, or you, you, you were in the media. Um, so how is that going to help you, and are you going to help the other counselors sort of deal with maybe some of the more persistent and um, mm. um, reporters? I, I like the media. I mean, I, that feels like a strange thing to say to you guys, but I think having worked in media, the greatest lesson is that all people are just people. 
And that's really important that this relationship is healthy too. So I think that's probably the greatest inside track on that is the understanding that the person on both sides of the microphone is just a person, is just a community member and giving the benefit of the doubt. Um, I don't know that anyone on that team needs any help or is asking me for any help in that space, but happy to provide it whenever I can. That's what we do. I mean, the people sitting around that horseshoe have tremendous experience in their lane of expertise. And I, I think that it's to everyone's benefit to bring everything we can to the table and to share knowledge and to support one another. So absolutely an open book when it comes to sharing any knowledge I can. There was, I guess, another kind of newsy-ish item that came out of last night with Glenn Hilke speaking up. What did you um, make of him and what message did he have? Yeah, I mean, I think his message was that we need to care for vulnerable people in community and there was no one in that room who would disagree with that. Um, I disagree with time and place and I also disagree with anyone who thinks that they have the corner on compassion um, and hold that as on higher ground than anyone else. I mean, we ran in this election and gave of ourselves and did the hard work and are digging in for the next four years because we love people. We care about people. And I think that working in collaboration with community is what makes these kinds of programs successful. And I think that's what we need from service providers right now and those who can demonstrate that they can do it well, that there are good neighbor bylaws that they will abide by and take very seriously by the people in community who are impacted when things are run less than excellently. And that's something that we need to consider too. So I would say I appreciate the message that we need to care for vulnerable people. Of course we do. I'm in not-for-profit. I am passionate about making sure that no one dies on our streets from heat or from cold. Of course we are. And I think that's a, a shared message. Speaking of which, today's November 2nd. Mm -hmm. um, there's still no operator for the winter shelters that the CMHA suddenly backed out of, even though they applied for the funding. Mm -hmm. So the message they're giving us is a little bit wonky. Um, What's going on with that, with the city? What are, what's happening? Are these uh, shelters going to open? Are they going to still open at the Yacht Club and the Stuart Wood? Give us an update. Well, it's BC Housing that ultimately, yeah. as you know, determines mm -hmm. the operator. So yeah. that's up to them. What the City of Kamloops does is offers facilities where that can happen. Of course, provides um, relationship building between local operators and BC Housing so that they know the lay of the land and the landscape. But at the end of the day, it is BC Housing yeah. that will make that decision. We were supposed to have it on November 1st, and the timeline is really interesting when you take a look at it. I mean, people don't um, aren't chosen as operators randomly or assigned no, they applied. that role. They applied for it. You applied through so, an RFP. Yeah. It is a long process. It's yeah. a decision that you make. Um, and that operating um, license was given out on, I believe, October 4th. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until October after October 15th mm -hmm. that they decided to remove themselves from that role. So I don't think we can expect a magical solution a couple of days later. I think that it needs to be done well, like we were talking about before. Okay if we're starting from scratch, let's do it well. My understanding is that the city of Kamloops, the staff there is doing absolutely anything they can. And we have, some, yeah, they're working on it. And we have some great people working on it too. And I'm hopeful we will come out with a better result. You're a new council. You're, you're, uh, you're part of a new council. Do you think there's an argument to me that the consultation with neighborhoods need to be improved with respect to shelter locations? With the Yacht Club one, I have three letters that I can't run, they're so long. Mm -hmm. um, I'll try to get them online. But there are letters from people there. Some would say that it's a nimbyism, but if you read them, you could say, well, they're just concerned. Mm -hmm. So three letters, and there's a whole bunch more comments online. Uh, with the Yacht Club, the, a lot of neighbors there um, I, I, are either opposed to it or are pissed off because they weren't they didn't know until they read it in the paper. So what's what's do you think the consultation needs to be improved and, and if so how? 
Yeah, I don't think we have to make an argument for that. I think that's a yes. Okay. We absolutely need to improve consultation. Mm -hmm. And I would say we also saw that last year with the, the curling rink yeah. and, and where things were set up. There was a lack of consultation. It cost tens of thousands of dollars for those local businesses to shell out from their own pockets that they couldn't afford after a pandemic, and that is not okay. Mm -hmm. um, shelters have to go somewhere. And so there is this line between not in my neighborhood and people can't die on our streets. Mm -hmm. And there's a limited number of facilities that we can put an operation like that in. That being said, we do need to go and knock on doors. We do need to have a plan for that that says, here's what's happening. It's been identified. How can we best support you? That's just being a good neighbor. That's just making sure that we bring everyone in on the conversation. So I think without a shadow of a doubt, that does need to happen. And I don't think that an inventory and evaluation of you know what spaces, what social housing spaces exist in the city, how often are they full? What does capacity look like? Does some exist that we're not evaluating effectively? Does some need to be moved into second stage housing that is currently existing? You know, just in that first step model for a really long time. Those are all really important things. But again, we need shelter now. So my hope is that we improve, not my hope, my determination mm -hmm. is that we improve these things in future years. It can be done, but it means community needs to work together. It means we have to, again, stop the politics so that we can come to the middle ground and get some real things done. Foldsy over here proclaimed that at some point he expects you may be the next mayor of Kamloops. <laughs> but what about your political aspirations longer term? Yeah, I did not enter this with any political aspirations. Like I said before, it's... Well, you entered to win. I, I, well, I certainly <laughs> entered to win. That is the goal. I said in that, it to well, win Well, that's it. an aspiration. Um, you're right. Yeah. I, I should have said political aspirations beyond Beyond this, this, yeah. This is the job that I applied for. This is the job that I believe I was qualified for. And I am thrilled to serve in this role at this time and to support our new mayor as he learns the ropes. Um, and we do too as a primarily new council, but this is the job for today. What about longer term? <laughs> longer term, I mean, if you look at my career and the trajectory, I like to take big swings and even I don't know what they're gonna be all the time. So even moving from media into a not-for-profit leadership role, that was not a long-term plan, something I had my eyes set on. You answer the calling as it comes. Okay. That's Final an honest words. answer, yeah, not no. a dodge, okay. it's an honest answer. <laughs> Final words? Final word, I, I love this city. It was the primary message of my campaign throughout it. I am devoted to it. I'm so grateful that Kamloops would choose me to do this, and I'm properly terrified of the job ahead as well, but really excited to work with this team and to get to know Kamloops even better. Okay, thank you for joining us, Katie. This segment brought to you by McDonald's. Up next, the TRU Wolfpack. Do you mind coming to the second window and he can kind of speak to you face-to-face? -face. Okay, sounds good. Time to speak to Amitesh, give him his big award. Amitesh. Oh, I remember you. How you doing, man? Good, how are you? Good, so I've come to the drive-thru a bunch of times. Okay. And you've always been super nice and bubbly. Oh, I remember that, that day you came over there and you said I was pretty nice to you. I'd like to make an announcement and it goes like this. I love McDonald's flat out. And I love the coffee and I love shopping local right here at McDonald's. <laughs> Same here, I work over here, I eat a lot of McDonald's as well. <laughs> See you again at first minute. <laughs> okay, bye. You made me feel great when I left the drive through window, so guess what? We've got the first ever Kamloops last week Outstanding drive through Employee of the Month Award. It oh, goes to you. thank you for that. What is that? Great, how about you? Doing well. Just a couple of announcements here first. I just want to say you're doing a great job and I'm proud of you this morning. Thank you. <laughs> you also get this. What is Cineplex it for? coupon for you. Oh, that's good. I love that one. Yeah, do you have an acceptance speech for us? Keep 
keep coming to McDonald's and that's really good. Thank you for that. Testing very weak. Testing. Hello. Hello. Mark Pennington, Ainsley Grether, the TRU Wolfpack women's soccer team, hell of a season. Let's start with the last two weeks here. How magical have they been, Mark? Yeah, I mean, I had a lot less grey in my beard, I think, before the last couple of weeks started. But, I mean, we've talked all season about what our internal goals are, but, I mean, I don't think... I think we'd be lying if we said we, we genuinely believe we'd be pushing for this, with what we've been aiming towards. And uh, in the last couple of years, we've made some big strides. And, yeah, we're just really excited to be here and just kind of riding the wave right now, I think. Take me back to the Victoria game. I know I asked you after the game about it, but that feeling, the penalty, when you scored to push that game into uh, extra time, what was that like, hometown crowd scoring that goal? Um, I mean, it's kind of, I wouldn't say it was like every other goal, but there was something obviously like that felt a bit different about it. It was good to, to get that goal. And I just, I feel like even me and Cam have talked about it. Like after that moment, I feel like we just, knew that like we were going to win that game regardless of like the the overtime the penalty shootout so yeah it was it felt good that's for sure and you you know the other side of that now too because i looked at the box score i guess you shot and you you didn't score yeah. again so what does that feel like it didn't feel good that's for sure it didn't feel good <laughs> no at mount royal i mean it's hard i'm not gonna obviously make excuses for it but you know going into overtime is hard it's 120 minutes it's a long it's a yeah. long game when you're playing that so like really it kind of comes down to when you're in that shootout at the end, like mentally just checking in and just kick the ground a little bit at Mount Royal, to be honest, <laughs> yeah. snuff the ground and I miss it. But kind of the same feeling, like we were all standing at the line and like it got to sudden death, like basically like to the extreme of this game could go. Like as long as we could push this game, we push this game to the bitter end. And uh, same thing, me and Cam just stood there and I was like, I just know that this is, for some reason, I just know this is going to go our way. Yeah. And it did. Mark, going back again to Victoria, sitting back and watching fans run onto the field. I mean, you had a good view of that. What were you thinking at that point? Yeah, I, I was actually able to step backwards even during the penalties uh, in, in overtime and kind of take it in a little bit and think how cool this was that the crowd was was banging the drums. They, were, they weren't completely silent for all of our penalty shots, which was... I don't know if that was maybe more off-putting than, than what they were trying to do because all of a sudden it goes silent. I always think about that in basketball when I mean, they're doing the free throws and yeah, they make them. Yeah, them. but I think yeah. if the if the room if the whole stadium went silent, it would put them off more because they just wouldn't be used to it. But yeah, no, I managed to kind of step back and look at it and think to myself like, this is really cool. Like this is why you do this and and you know whether you come out on top or you don't. Like these moments are kind of why you, you step forward as a as a player and then you know and then into in the world of coaching and that kind of stuff. So it was pretty cool. Like I think it was a moment that'll live with the girls forever. Mm -hmm. So you're down two nothing at the half. The season's on the line. As a coach, I know some coaches have different uh, at the halftime. Do you say anything to the team? Are you careful to, or or do you just let them sort of think about it? What do you what do you do in that situation? I mean, I think it's probably worth talking and bringing up the fact that our, our preparations were really, really badly messed up. Um, I know Ainsley was probably having as much of a meltdown as anybody when the, the bus didn't show up to pick us up for an hour. Uh, we got yeah. to the field 30 minutes before kickoff. Oh, wow. So we had about a 25-minute warm-up. So it, that didn't help us. Whether we had a full warm-up and could have done something about the goals, I don't know. But, I mean, it doesn't help, right? And so we get to half-time and, and, you know, I'm just... 
as nice as pie and I'm the really, you know, nice, calm guy at halftime. <laughs> yeah, really zen. <laughs> I, it, it's funny, I actually, I tried to be pretty calm, but I, as, as the, the Tortorella came out. Yeah, yeah how do you team, remember this? As the team <laughs> talk went on, it, it got a little bit more intense, but I, I think it, it might have been Ainsley or one of the girls said, look, that just wasn't us in the first half. And, mm-hmm. and we've tried to remind ourselves all season that no matter what the scoreboard says, as long as we're us and, and, and we walk away from it saying we've given everything, then we're okay with that, even if the result's on the wrong side. So, but, and we said, this is going to be us. Mm-hmm. You know, we made three changes to get some different kind of energy in some different parts of the field. And, um, from a coaching perspective, you know, when it, when those pay off, it's, it, it's good. And one of the kids that came on, the, the, how we got the tying goal. So that, that was that was pretty cool. But yeah, we, we just tried to kind of get some energy back into the game and yeah. kick them in the butt a little bit, but also remind ourselves that, hey, that, you know, let's just go be us. Well, they scored in the 89th too. It's, it's 3-2. I mean, at that point, even then, are you are you still like, okay, well, we're, we're, we're going to do this? This is crazy because, you know what, like, I'm not saying that, like, this team is so different, but uh, years ago, last year, the year before, we probably wouldn't be in this situation. But this year, like, same thing. Me and Cam were literally, like, like in that moment we talked about it after, we were like, that game wasn't done. It was the last minute of the game. It was the last, like, the last five minutes. They're up a goal, and I just, like, the game wasn't done. Mm-hmm. We were like, no, this doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if we have 30 seconds left. Like, the game's not done yet. And um, I think, like, honestly, there's a big difference between you know, like winning mentality and losing mentality. And this year we have winning mentality and that has come with us every single game, even in games that have, you know, gone the opposite way. We've had winning mentality in these games where like it just doesn't shut off. And that's like been, I think, like the biggest difference this year. Well, Mark, I think I've asked you a version of this question, but I'll ask you flat out. I mean, were you worried about your job security after two games this season? I mean, like I've been around long enough to see if you if you lose and then one win last season and you start with two losses. I mean, do you start having those thoughts or, or did you have a safety net there? Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough to say. I mean, obviously you, you think about it, right? And you think if this if the season goes really 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 badly then yeah. I think but I, I think from where we've come from and, and where we were I, I think we had we had some time and of course with COVID being right in the middle of from when I got here that's kind of really kind of I, I guess derailed us a little bit in terms of a timeline you know I, I had some kind of one three and five year kind of in, internal plans for the group and where I, I thought we could get to but yeah and then COVID came and we missed two springs and to be honest and as Ainsley will know we, we spent a lot of time and training in season mm-hmm. talking about our opponent and how we're going to play on the weekend whereas your spring is your opportunity to kind of really focus on yourselves a little bit and really start to grow your kind of I guess team identity on the field and your playing experience and your playing identity and philosophies and so we managed to get a spring last year which was our first real spring together and and that I think helped us a ton um, you know and, and then obviously Ainsley coming back to us this year was, was a big influence too um, you got to give me that five dollars for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, she's she's been awesome, uh, and we know what Ainsley can bring us both on and off the field. So, but after that first weekend, I I, I was super disappointed and 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 felt pretty low in in the terms. Of I I really thought we were going to have a big push this year, and so it's worth remembering. I mean, we were missing our captain in, on the first day. Um, we were missing three of our starting back four yeah. on the first day. And, you know, I, I thought we were actually good value against Calgary for the longest time. And then we missed a penalty shot, which 
you know, that happens. And, and I think it just kind of derailed us a little bit and took mm-hmm. the wind out of our sails and it ended up five, um, which kind of stung. But yeah, I mean, there was there was a moment I was thinking, yeah, this could be a long season, but yeah. it, it beliefs everything. And even the games we've lost this year, other than that opening weekend, I mean, even yeah. UMBC, we, we did everything but put the ball yeah. in the net in the last 10 minutes. We created so many chances. And even against UBC, you know, we tied the second half 1-1. And he scored late on, and we just keep going. You know, we scored against uh, UBCO late on uh, in the game that we lost. So, I mean, one of the other coaches, the UVic coach, actually said the worst thing about playing you guys is you don't know when you're beaten, and you've got so much belief that you just keep going. And so, and that's huge in sport mm-hmm. confidence and belief. Belief this weekend? Can you get it done? Can you win, win the Canada West? Like, absolutely. And I think kind of what Mark was just saying is there isn't one team this weekend that I'm like, oh, no, about. Like, even UBC, yeah, their record is pretty pretty mint, not going to lie. If that was our first matchup, I would, like, we've talked about it. Like, Friday is our focus. Saturday will come when it comes. But, like, the plan is, like, to go out and beat Trinity. There's not a doubt in my mind that we can't do it. Whatever happens, happens, and we get a second chance the next day. But, like, the three matchups that we potentially have this weekend – uh, like I'm not scared. I'm not worried about either of them. It's really just like a matter of like having the belief, showing up. Because there hasn't been one game this season. Maybe minus our opening weekend, we could debate that maybe we were in it. But like, there's been one game this year against anybody that I've been like, this is out of our hands. Like this is so beyond our hands. Everything has been like just a matter of like whether we want to grab it or not. So I think longer term, I and mean, if there were any questions from the outsider or about you know in your own mind or doubts, I mean those have been erased and. Um what do you think long-term this season, regardless of what happens this weekend, can do for the, for the program? I mean, there's a couple of different things. I, I think instilling some belief in the program in general. I think also, you know, it feels like we've really turned a corner with the kind of the fan base. I think a lot of the fans have actually really enjoyed coming to our games. I don't know if that was the case in the past. Like, I get text messages, even when we've lost games, like they say that you guys are so much fun to watch because... Mm-hmm. It's like organized chaos at times. You just don't know. Like it's it's a whirlwind, and and you know if we're not going to score, we'll concede. Like it's just back and forwards, and um, so I think I think kind of getting the the town and excited about women's soccer again has been a big plus. I also think, and it I've already seen it. I've started to get more and more emails from say from yeah from a recruitment perspective. You know, if you're a really good player and you've got interest from you know from the Wolfpack, and you've also got interest from a team that you know quite often makes playoffs if you're a really good player you want to be playing at the top level so I think it, it opens the door to continue to bring good recruits and and you know even maybe a, a level up and and help because we've got some really really good players here that uh, that I think you know one or two more players can really complement and who knows to see where we go uh, from here but um, probably don't want to set the expectations too high though right okay <laughs> yeah. you were talking to Mike before the show you play guitar piano mm-hmm. if the Wolfpack Metal, will you come back and perform yeah. on our show? He will. If we metal, absolutely. I'll even dress up for you. Like, so you, know. you, 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 you just need to win one game this weekend, and that's right. Then and you're, you're back. Yeah. You're back for round yeah. two. Yeah, with the big dogs. With the big dogs. <laughs> yeah. I'm, in the, I'm in the Ainsley Big yeah, Dog. Yeah. Uh, will you club. sing with him? Sure. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, why not? Oasis, maybe. Yeah. Oasis. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Is it? Is, sorry. Is it Wonderwall that you like the best out of Oasis, or what's your favorite Oasis? I've song? actually heard him play Wonderwall. We all we all sang it a little 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, we yeah. did do yeah. that. Our, so our team building. I'm warmed uh, up. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. I, there's a whole bunch of them I like. Actually, some of that B-side stuff I think is pretty cool. Whatever well. you do after this weekend, don't look back in anger. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it, I mean, we, we're just excited. We, let's be honest. We're in the final four, which is a massive achievement regardless of what happens this weekend. But we talked in the room yesterday. We did a, we've did. we approached the week the same way, way as we always do. We've looked, we watched video, and then we, we had a chat and said, you know, we're, we're in the final four with the number one ranked team in the country, the number two ranked team in the country, and I think Calgary are in probably, in, I think, seventh in the country, or at least they have been in, in and around those. I don't know if the rankings have changed, but, and we were, I think, ranked, we were ranked 11 in our, 11th in our, in our conference. I think yeah, the preseason coaches poor there, right? Yeah, thirty sixth overall in the country or something. So I'm sure those three over there are already kind of, <laughs> you know, booking their plane tickets to to nationals, and we're there to spoil the big boys party. Like we're not there to make up the numbers. Well, that's what we talked about. Like there's, like there's going to be people like when we book our ticket to nationals, there are going to be people that are like, damn, like how did that team get in over UBC, Trinity, Calgary, and like I, I would pay a million dollars for that. I'd pay a million dollars to hear somebody <laughs> say that to me and I'd be like, well, you know, it's just, I just think we deserve it. It'll so. be a champagne supernova. It will be a it champagne be. supernova. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Don't, don't forget the umbrellas. It's going to be yeah. wet. Yeah, it's supposed to be really wet. And, and you know what? Something else like that I'm really disappointed about for, for the girls is we got no recognition in the All-Star Awards either. Like no, no oh, players right. recognized in first team, second team or the rookie team. Chip. Chip on the And we, we talked about that. Mount Royal had four four players I think uh, mm. in the all-star team and we had zero so we said let's go and prove all the voters wrong and Talk about uh, playoffs. yeah I'll have a good view from the sidelines Mount Royal like this this weekend <laughs> yeah exactly yeah we'll take where we are and no, and no people in the all-star team yeah. yeah okay thanks a lot this has Thank been fun thanks yeah well, let's hope we can bring back a medal You're going somewhere, but you don't know where. <laughs> don't know where. November 3rd, we're leaving. Me and my wife, we're going to fly somewhere. She's planned out a little four-day trip. Don't know where we're going. Passport required. Passport required. Where do you think you're going? I have no idea. Yes. Lions play, Lions play Sunday, right? Yeah, and I'm coming back on that day, so my phone will be off. I'm taping the game, so I'm not going to talk to anybody from today until tomorrow until, uh, until Monday when I celebrate the win. But you leave, so you leave tomorrow? Leave on Thursday, November 3rd, come back on November 6th, you Sunday. You need the passport, so you're probably not going long distance. Probably the West Coast, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's only four days, three days, so yeah. Okay. It's not well, Vegas. My vote is Disneyland. He's going to Disneyland. Going to Disneyland. All I'm hoping, I'm, and stuff. I'm hoping it's LA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We spent a week in LA in Westwood where UCLA is. My wife was at a conference there and I just spent the whole week going to Santa Monica and reading the newspaper and walking the pier. It was beautiful. It was like 85 degrees. So if it's LA, I, I'll be okay with that. Okay. West final, semifinal prediction. Yeah. Uh, BC is going to win by... They're gonna they're gonna win handily. We should do a bet of some sort. I think they're gonna win too, though. They're gonna win. So, do you want to do a bet on the spread or here? Or what do you, what do sure, you let's do? do a spread. Let's say BC by eleven. You think they're gonna win by more? By eleven or more? Okay, so I'll take the under under on that. Yeah. Okay, twenty bucks. Twenty bucks it is. Oh, I, yeah, twenty bucks it is. Twenty buck McDonald's gift card, and um, 
and the, and the stadium. It's like the, the, the lower bowl's already sold out. They opened up the upper the bowl. uppers open from goal line to goal line. And apparently that's selling really fast. Nathan Rourke. Nathan Rourke is there. Uh, let's see, the Whitecaps do so, so good. They can't do that good. Yeah. But um, no, the, the Lions are looking really good. The, the owner, we should shout out to Amar Daman. He's Dolman. He's amazing. He just had a, a promotion. And you know the tickets? My, 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 my sister's going. She's bringing my daughter who's living down there. Like 18 bucks um, or something? Or? Like, like 50 bucks for really good seats. Now up top, 30 bucks, 10 bucks for kids. Mm -hmm. And Dolman just announced yesterday that any fans from Vancouver Island who want to see the game, because they can come over, it's an early game, it's 1.30. He's, uh, he's, they can buy their ticket and includes, he's going to get them a bus to and from the to and from the ferry terminal. The guys are amazing. Put bidets in the stadiums. Bidets soon? are in the stadiums, and uh, and then they're going to have slippers for you because you have a foot <laughs> and showers for the for That's the rest right. of us. That's right. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be um, old, old like old, like the '80s. There, it's going to be. I used to go see the Lions in the '80s when there were sixty thousand fans. It's not going to be sixty thousand, but they'll probably hit thirty-five or so. Mike, you'll be watching the game. Mike's going to be uh, all over absolutely. it. Absolutely, mainly because I got some queso dip and some chips. Yeah. And, Mike's uh, a big sport ball fan. Yeah, <laughs> love the food, man. What do you think about the show today? Mark Pennington going to sell him guitar, maybe? Yeah, I think so. You know, he, he walked through the factory, of course, and, and uh, I, I could see that spark there. We'll, yeah. we'll get him in playing the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, if you want produce, the New Leaf Produce Market, go down, talk to this man right here, Herman Hothi. If you want appliances, this guy right here, Gord Stevens, Gord's Appliance and Mattress Center. They're hiring right now, delivery people, and uh, the Gord's Giving Back program. We know about this program. Uh, benevolent people, they give away appliance or appliances monthly to those in need. You can apply online at gordscamloops.ca, and we love McDonald's. My, my coffee's so good, it's finished, but Mike? Ba -ba 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 -ba. For Folds, Greg the Engineer, Magic Mike and Bill, we'll see you last week. <laughs>